odds. And more. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. Vegas, baby, Vegas! It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing. I'm a soul Radio Network, Sirius 159. Hey, we're on the road. It's a big deal. We might as well really build this up. Go ahead, Stevie. Let it rip. <clears throat> one five niner. <laughs> it's like you work all week to prep for that. Nice. Well done. We're at the Superbook at the Westgate. It's going to be a big weekend. With- it's, it sounded a little stronger in rehearsal. Yeah, do it again, Steve. Thanks, Andy. Oh, one five niner. There we go. Yeah, you need the, you need the... You need it to tail off at the end. like It's kind of like you're, you're rhythmic, like you're singing a song or something. Either that or remember the old CB days? Well, that's what CB I'm saying. Radio. You, you need, you need, you, McCall. You need yeah. a little twang to it, don't you? Yeah. I'm on five and niner. Oh, you're fired, Steve. Yeah. I, I, no, I'm not fine with that, <laughs> You're too. toast. No. Well done, Andy. <laughs> oh, man. All right, we're at the Superbook at the Westgate. And we got championship week in college football, week 13 NFL. Great Sunday night game, a great Monday night game. This is going to be a raucous weekend. You want to come down here and watch all the games uh, in the theater, Football Central, just an awesome place to watch the games, and the mobile app with all the unbelievable offerings. You bet 100, you get 100 when you sign up for a new mobile app here at the uh, Westgate. So we're thrilled to be down here. Thanks to Jay Cornegay for rolling out the red carpet for us. He'll be swinging by hopefully in a, a little bit uh, during the course of the next three hours we'll be here. We'll take you up to Scott Farrell for Eastern, and we'll do Vegas Hockey Outline, Stevie and I, with a lot on the hockey docket. Uh, so we're here for the next three hours. If you're in town, uh, come on over and say hi. And we're loving life. We got the ponies. Vinny Maliulo's joining us, by the way, in the next segment. And if you're a horse player... Stay tuned because we got a big announcement. And I could tell you now, I'm going to let Vinny do it. And there's a big announcement for the horse players uh, here in Vegas. And we're thrilled for this news. So there's your little tease for that. All right. Andrew's here. The one, the only Andy Isco. The logical approach. Vegas Andy 711 on Twitter. All right. We had a Thursday night game, my friend. Dallas. You know, kind of so-so. Nothing great. New Orleans defense is really good. The the one thing, I got one question. What was the defensive back doing on Pollard's long run? Looking Andy, at him. Andy, he had 20 feet the angle on him. He slowed, he, it looked like he slowed down. He had 25 yards to push him out of bounds. I, I, I watched that. I'm like, what is happening on that play? I think the no-dos kicked in. I mean, is it me or am- no? No, I, I saw the same thing. I said he's going to knock him out of bounds at some point, and he kept running parallel to him instead of towards him. He had the angle on him at the twenty, and then he kind of slowed down because I think he was afraid he was going to cut inside him. But then once he didn't cut, he still had the angle on him to push him out of bounds. Otherwise, that's still a football game. Well, not only that, because following that, that I think made it what twenty to ten, and I don't remember how many possessions that. Uh, Dallas had after that, but a lot of them were three and out or maybe one first down. So New Orleans, you know, look, uh, the thumb obviously uh, Barry, uh, you know, uh, um, Taysom Hill. Yeah, yeah, bothered Hill. 
and, you know, with those, those ugly interceptions. But the defense did its job after that one play, and so New Orleans had every chance to make more of an effort. But, you know, look, you're out without Kamara. Uh, you know, you're basically using your, well, I'll, I'll say whether you want to call Hill or Simeon your third, uh, you know, your, well, your, your second-string quarterback, but your third-string quarterback when you go back two years and you had Drew Brees and you had Jameis Winston, who's clearly been missed this year. And uh, it's an unfortunate uh, turn of events for the Saints, who are a well-coached team. But if you don't have if you don't have the players, you're not going to succeed. And you know, give them credit. But let's also give Dallas some credit coming back from that uh, overtime loss to the Raiders on uh, Thanksgiving Day. You like to see teams that are legitimate contenders rebound from not necessarily a loss, but. A loss that was sort of unexpected. Uh, everybody liked Dallas to, to win the game mostly on the on Thanksgiving Day. So give them, give them credit. Let's see how some of these other teams that are coming off of ugly losses. You know, it's 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 one thing when you lose a tight game, but it's another thing when you lose. You know, let's say when, when Dallas lost to uh, Denver, they're down 30 nothing with five minutes to go. The final score is what 30 to 16, and they come back the next week and okay, it was the Atlanta Falcons, but it's still a professional football team, and they waxed them 43 to three. You look, I look for those things at this time of the season as far as the teams that are, well, legitimate Super Bowl contenders. And you know, brings me to another point when you're looking at some of the current Super Bowl odds. A lot of these odds have shifted since the start of the year. Teams are getting healthier. Teams are now dealing with injuries. So there might be a couple of under-the-radar teams to uh, uh, keep an eye on right now. Well, I'll give you I'll give you the kick at the can at that. And, you know, who's the now team, Andy? That's the problem. Who's the now team? Maybe the Colts. I, I don't, uh, well, I don't uh, argue that. I'll, I'll I don't argue. I've been, I've been banging their drum two for teams, a while. Two teams that are playing well. One team got off to a horrible start last season. Or, I'm sorry, this season, but they were 10 and six last season. Now they're the third best team, and probably by a good distance behind number two, and that's Miami in the AFC East. Washington in the NFC East starting to play well, and they were a playoff team last year, albeit at seven and nine. All right, it is Vegas Sportsbook Radio. We're hanging down at the Superbook at the Westgate Sirius 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. We're down here having a good time, and we got a lot of great information. Vinny Maliulo's got a horse racing announcement when we come back on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Uh, properties and uh, and Churchill Downs uh, for the last uh, a couple of years actually, and uh, thankfully um, the sides got together and uh, they've they've resolved uh, at least for now uh, the uh, uh, their differences. And Oaklawn Turfway and Fairgrounds Winter Meets will be coming into Nevada, um, and uh, you know that, that's and again just to be clear, those are contracts that are. Um, they're uh, dealt with by the Nevada Paramutual Association, about 85 properties here in the state. Uh, the books that take uh, the horse races um, participate paramutually. And in this case, uh, 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 Churchill Downs. And then uh, we get the agreement. Uh, we get the green light. Gaming, uh, The Gaming Control Board approves the agreements. And uh, 
then we're notified at Las Vegas Dissemination Company, and uh, wagering is turned on so to make it seamless uh, for the betters here. So good news uh, is that uh, those three tracks, uh, Oaklawn, Turfway, and Fairgrounds, which are important and, uh, always, uh, but particularly of interest uh, as we get into the uh, the Derby Trail. No right? doubt. The Derby Trail's already begun. So here we are uh, getting ready now. Those, uh, those are all three-year-olds now, and uh, a lot of stakes races. Uh, between now and the spring, uh, to get us uh, uh, to get us ready for the uh, for the Kentucky Derby, buddy. On the horse racing side of things, you know, honestly, and I spent years working at a racetrack. I mean, it starts with field size, horse population, and fairgrounds always started Thanksgiving Day. So I get fairgrounds. My recollection always was Oakland wouldn't start until January, and to see Oakland running today. Uh, I'm sitting Today, here. Opening day, yeah. I, it's unbelievable. But I'm sitting here looking. Race one, it was a field of seven. Race two, 11. Third race, uh, field of seven. Fourth race, 12. Fifth race, 10, 11 horses. The sixth race, yeah. another good field of nine. I mean, on and on it goes. You know, and, and the thing about that track, I'm telling you, they, it runs fair and true. It, very rarely are there biases there. And the prices are boxcar, and you alluded to it, fairgrounds, but specifically Oaklawn with the Arkansas Derby. That's become one of the preferred tracks, and the road to Churchill Downs goes through Oaklawn. So this is no small thing. And by the way, the turfway thing, that's a big deal because it's nighttime thoroughbred racing with big fields, which from a handle perspective in Nevada is a monster. Yeah, because typically the night's been reserved uh, for, uh, for the uh, the trotters, right? Uh, for the standard breads, yep. uh, for the most part. I mean, of course, uh, we do get uh, uh, Woodbine and Mohawk, but uh, the, you know, but Mohawk even with that, you know, you got those are mostly. And, and we were growing up, right? That was always it, right? You had the flats, uh, the thoroughbreds during the day, and then you had the the trotters, the, the standard breads uh, uh, in the evening and uh, and at night. So, yeah, it's good. Uh, it's good. It's a good variety, and uh, again. Uh, the, the good thing is that uh, sides came together and uh, and got this because it's, uh, it's just been going on too long. So, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll have a, a a normal derby this year. So keep your right. fingers crossed. No, that's great news. And I, you know, I, I was going to do it in the, in the first segment. I said no. You know, I mean, yeah, I know you. We've all you know had the violin out about this, and I'm I'm thrilled that this has happened. I think it's really great news. And Hey, you're off the hook, man. You don't have to put a bow on any present or gift wrap anything. You gave me Oakland. I'm I'm happy. All right. I got a I got a, I got <laughs> a weekend go, plan. Merry Christmas. Thank you, pal. I, I feel like a kid on Christmas morning. All right, kiddo. Championship week. What do you have any beef with the the top four as it's constituted? And what would be your best guess how this all pans out after this weekend? Does uh, Oklahoma State win and get in? Is there chaos above and Notre Dame's breathing? What do you think? Well, I wonder if the uh, the uh, uh, situation uh, in, in terms of Notre Dame with Kelly leaving is going to look. Here, here's the thing: if you ask me, uh, you know, it's again, just let the committee tell us who it's going to be. I know, I know my top four from a power rating standpoint right now are, are uh, Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, and Michigan. Even with Ohio State, that's a power rating. I think Ohio State's pretty much out of it, but. Uh, Michigan certainly in control of their destiny. I think Oklahoma State is as well. Cincinnati uh, for sure, but they're going to need some help, I think, in terms of uh, the committee. And if Alabama, if Georgia beats Alabama, you know, I mean, I know there's always this case about it because it's Alabama and CSEC 
But how do you how do you get them in with two losses if these other teams come up with uh, with only one, right? So uh, the only one I think that's a foregone conclusion is Georgia right now. But uh, there's certainly the good thing is these games uh, this weekend are, are going to be uh, are going to have an impact on that. So they mean something, and that's certainly going to add to the handle. We're going to have a, a terrific betting handle, even though there's not as many games as a regular uh, college football weekend. Yeah, these are all big games, save for the uh, uh, USC Cal makeup yeah, game, make game earlier yeah. in the season. But Vinny, uh, what happens? Uh, two scenarios. I know you said that Georgia's pretty much a lock to make it in. What if, uh, unlikely though it might be, what if Alabama wins something like thirty-five to three? Unlikely, but you know, look, it is Alabama, and they've had success against Georgia. Or what happens if Georgia beats Alabama, say? Um, uh, say this one goes like last week's uh, Auburn game into like four overtimes, and it's decided on a uh, uh, on a two point uh, conversion that's made when they get into that third overtime, so that it's a second loss for Alabama, but they will have lost to the number one team in the country in overtime. No question, uh, but I'll, I'll tell you what's going to impact that too is uh, the the Baylor Oklahoma State game, Andy. Right? I mean, obviously, and uh, and the Michigan game, the Michigan result as well, and certainly Cincinnati's got to take care of business too. So. Um, but I think, you know, the, there's this thought, you know, and call it a conspiracy theory or whatever, uh, you know, everybody, everybody's trying to, or the committee's trying to make a case or in the back of their mind, uh, they'll try to find a way to get Alabama in there. Well, uh, if it's a close game or if they win the game, first of all, if Alabama wins, they're, they're going to, they're going to be in, I mean, let's, let's face it, right. If it'll be them in Georgia and then everybody else, uh, particularly the teams I mentioned, if they do take care of business, they're gonna they're gonna have to fight their way in, but the uh, Oklahoma State me. I think is in a pretty good position. Well, let me ask both of you. But we only got a minute. Let me, Vinny, just give me real quick on this one. I I hope it doesn't come to this, but could you envision any scenario, depending how things go up above and below, you know, that Notre Dame goes by Cincinnati? I mean, if since he struggles with Houston or loses to Houston, or I, I, they beat Notre Dame at Cincinnati. I mean, I mean at South Bend. You know, and I, I just pray. Right. And I know you got the Kelly thing that they'll take into account, but just tell me. I know Notre Dame's the name school, but you just can't do that since he beat him head up. It's a tiebreaker in the NFL. It should be they in beat, college. They beat they beat him head up. There's no doubt about it, Brian. But it's also about current form too. And, yeah. and we get, look, if Cincinnati and, and and Notre Dame were playing today, you know, the fact of the matter is, I know. That uh, Notre Dame would be a, a slight favorite on a on a neutral field. Uh, no, yeah, no might, getting around. They might be two or three. So, all right. Again, you know, there's a lot of scenarios that are going to have to play out this weekend, uh, guys. But that's hey, what makes it good. It's good for betting, buddy. Congrats, LVDC. Take care of the horse players in the state of Nevada. Congrats on Oakland Fairgrounds Turfway being offered. Our friends at Oasis forty nine fifty five South Decatur. They'll be hooting and hollering all weekend. And the Monday Night Maniacs with the Bills and Patriots. What a party that'll be at Oasis. Vinny, have a great weekend, pal. I appreciate your time. Guys, always good to be with you. Have a terrific weekend. Taking a quick time out, Andy and I and Stevie coming back on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
and in a warm oven. Trust us. Strategy's better. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Hey, folks, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. On a Friday, we are loving it here at the Superbook. A decent crowd in here today. We got the ponies running, having a good time, gearing up for Monster Weekend of football, Championship Week college football, and, of course, a great Sunday slate of games, uh, big games on Sunday night and Monday night. This is going to be a great weekend as December is ready to rock and roll, and that's the home stretch, uh, obviously, in the NFL season. So we got a lot of great stuff to talk about. Jay Cornegay, they've got Football Central down here, great place to watch the games each and every Sunday. Barry Manilow, uh, check out the website. Uh, here at the Westgate, you got that Christmas show with Barry Manilow as well. Tickets are still available. So, before we dive back into the football, Stevie wants to talk hoops, I believe. What's shaking, brother? Yeah, well, for UConn, uh, John Rothstein reporting that their best player, Adama Sanogo, with an abdominal injury, is going to miss not only this Saturday's game against Grambling, but next week's games against West Virginia and St. Bonaventure. And the same is true for Tyrese Martin uh, with a wrist injury for UConn. So college basketball injuries are already starting to affect games, boys. Oh, there's no doubt. I don't know. You didn't happen to do the double check. Uh, I mean, the game's not close yet, but uh, Lofton from the Bonnies rolled an ankle in the final minute of that game. It didn't look good going off the court, and he's he's one of the best point guards in the country. I have not done the double check. I'll do it right now, and I'll have an update for you. And and didn't I see this morning that uh, Mark Turgeon is leaving Maryland right I now? I did see that too. Yeah, I don't no, know what the story, the, the backstory there it's is. It's a it's a very rare for this early in the season for a coach at a major program to leave, and I wonder if that might disrupt any flow that Maryland would have. I think they're off to like a three and five start, which is a a disappointment considering the level of uh, teams that you normally play at this time of the year. But that I think uh, came as a surprise and. We'll see how the betting markets respond in Maryland's next game. By the way, the, the, we love doing the show here. You know, we got the computer open and all the browsers, and we're keeping tabs, and Stevie's giving us updates. Honestly, this is the best studio in the world. You're sitting here. you got crawls all over the place, and they've got all the shows with their crawls and graphics. I mean, anything that breaks, you know, you're sitting here seeing it. Jalen Hurts, ankle injury, is looking a little more shaky, uh, listed as questionable for the Eagles. That number six and a half at the Jets, the total's 45. And we may begin to peek at Gardner Minshew in that game, Andy. I guess even with the uh, questionable status or the uncertain status, let's say, that line uh, has not moved. I think people are expecting it to move up to seven against the Jets. Jets, of course, coming off of their upset win at Houston last week in a battle of uh, you know very low-tier teams in Philadelphia coming off of their upset loss on this very field to the Giants last week. The Eagles needing to win to remain in the playoff hunt in the AFC where there are a lot of very mediocre teams behind the leaders uh, uh, as far as making the playoffs go. So Philadelphia unlikely to win the NFC East, but certainly a win uh, this weekend would have them still in the uh, wild card mix. Still 16, six games to go in the 17-game season. A lot to be decided. But overall, the overall records of the team this year suggest a greater deal of, some people will say parity. When I hear parity, I think of mediocrity. Hey, let me do my part. I talked to um, one of my dearest friends this morning in Buffalo. And here's the skinny on the Sunday night game. 
You look at this total. The suggested opener was 46. This thing's down to 42 here at the Superbook. The weather Sunday night or Monday night? I'm sorry, Monday night football. The Monday night football. Buffalo, Buffalo, New England. Buffalo, New England. All right, I, I, okay, Monday night. The forecast. It's like 50 in the day, going to 26 at night, which means right around kickoff, as the temperature starts to drop, it's going to be right around freezing, and there's rain and snow in the forecast. And let me tell you something: when that hovers right around freezing. In Orchard Park with the lake effect snow, it, I mean, you don't know. We're still days away. It could be nothing or it could be mashed potatoes of snow coming down. But the thing that is really in the forecast, and I saw this, you know, 25-mile-an-hour steady winds in the game, which is always the big thing when we're talking about sports betting. But, you know, if, so if it's normal, sustained 25-mile-an-hour winds, the gusts are 40, could be 35, 40 miles an hour. My buddy told me this morning, I mean, they're at least talking about this, and it, they're not certain, but they're saying there could be gusts up into the 50-mile-an-hour, 60-mile-an-hour wind range for that Monday night football game. Hence, even with that Bills offense, what it's capable of putting up, and obviously the Patriots have been scoring points as well. You know, people are all over this. This is would be, I think, the biggest impacted number from a weather perspective we've seen yet. Well, not only that, uh, it does create a problem for Buffalo, and I think it's reflected in the fact that this line that was three in the early part of the week is now down to two and a half, and that's Buffalo cannot run the football. That's not, I'll, I'll take issue with that. And what's that? I'll take issue okay, with well, that. Okay, well, no, no. Look, look, wait, 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 no, wait it's, it's a play on New England. It's not a fade on Buffalo. It's a, the, New, no, New well, England's the buzz well, team. That's what I was going to, well, it's not so much the, the buzz team. They have been able to run the football uh, like, like crazy. They, you know, they were held to minus one yard against Tampa Bay back in the early part of the season. A game they won, by the way, in also pretty poor conditions. Since then, they've topped 100 yards in every game, and they've topped 140 in about five of those games. So they've really been able to run the football, which means the passing game of Mac Jones is now a little bit more, uh, gets a little bit more respect because of the fact that that they can run the ball. I'm not so sure how well Buffalo is will be able to adapt, especially uh, if those wind conditions come up to affect, I think, Josh Allen more than they would uh, and, okay. Jones. Uh, and I'll plead their case, all right? And you, can, you can take issue with it if you like. Everybody saw what Jonathan Taylor did to the Bills. Starla Tuolé and, and Tremaine Edmonds were out. The nose tackle who's a run stuffer and the tackling machine. Edmonds returned against New Orleans, for, albeit New Orleans, nothing going on there. They couldn't run the ball. This week, Latoule is back. They've got, they lose Trey White, the corner. That's a blow. But they get their run-stuffing tackle and linebacker will be playing in this game. And on the offensive line, Spencer Brown is a rookie right tackle who has been an absolute difference maker for them. I mean, they this kid won the starting job. They're so much better when he's in the lineup. He is back from COVID. And John Feliciano, there's a chance the guy who's been one of their best run blockers will be back this week. Oh, by the way, Andy, I will just say this. I, I And I'm not, I wasn't shooting holes at you. I just shoot a generic where people say, Buffalo can't run the ball. It is not true. All right. It's Brian Dayball and the play calling. Buffalo can run the ball. When they line up to run the ball, they can run the ball. And against the Patriots a couple of years ago, Singletary and Moss shredded them. 
So they just have to commit to the running game and line up and hand off the ball with the running back in the eye formation. Stop doing these delay handoffs all the time. So if they're committed to the run, I believe they will be able to run. And one other little footnote, Matt Breida is now playing, and he has been a difference maker in the in the, every. He got three touches for fifty some yards the game before. Got the screen pass for a touchdown last week. I think Breed is a real impactful player for them coming out of the backfield, much more so than Singletary and Moss have been. I mean, with a home run threat. Well, now let's again go to those fifty mile per hour gusts. What if uh, Belichick's game plan is all right? Let's see what Josh Allen can do to beat us. We're going we're gonna to focus on the run, and we're going to see what he can do in those wind conditions. And you know what? I hope he does that because this is a thing, too. This is more than just a football game. This is a monster deal in terms of what lies ahead. The Bills, if they are indeed a team in the next several years that are going to go to Super Bowls, they have got to establish and learn how to play in these horrific conditions Let it and, be a home field and advantage. embrace that because if you're going to go to the Super Bowl, you're going to be winning games in January when the weather is like this. You want, you know, you want it, you want it to be as rotten, as nasty as it can be. And, and, and when teams come in here, you go, this is our backyard. We practice in this, you know, it's a mindset thing. That being said, New England beats these guys. They got a problem. I mean, there's they're even no good sense. That's, that's the reason why I like Buffalo in this game tonight. Laid the two and a half. Maybe even get yeah. to lay a little bit less with that. It's a good playoff it's, game. It's, well, it, it is to the extent that they have to play in New England uh, a few weeks later. And not only that, Buffalo has a very losable game next week at Tampa Bay. But yes, but it's an out of conference game, and you know, you know the importance of this game, Andy. Again, you got to you know do the deep dive and really go inside this from a standings perspective. If Buffalo wins this game, okay, yeah, you want to win the second game, but it wouldn't matter if the Bills win this game. They'll have the tiebreaker on New England at the end of the year because Buffalo has a better division record. New England has suffered loss in the division. So this one game guarantees them the tiebreaker because the first tiebreaker after head-to-head's division. Assuming things play out according to form. Well, yeah, they're not losing to the Jets. I got news for you. What about Tampa Bay? I'm talking about the division games for the tiebreaker. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, no, Tampa Bay. I'm, I'm not I'm well, sure they're going to go down there and lose. You think with, New England's winning out? If they if they win, end up with six losses and New England wins up with five, the tiebreaker uh, doesn't I, matter. Yeah, I get that. I mean, but you're telling me, you know, yeah, Buffalo's probably, maybe, probably could lose that uh, Tampa Bay game, but New England's not winning out. They're really good. I don't know. People are, they're the new flavor of the month. You know, they're doing a lot of good things. Hey, Dallas is going to win the Super Bowl. Denver walks in and destroyed them. The Rams are an all-star team. They can't win. They can't get out of their own way. There's no great team in the NFL. I mean, it's that kind of year. I love debating. Love doing it with our pal Andy Isco. Stevie's back in studio. We love being with you, Sirius 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. On a Friday, we're down at the Superbook at the Westgate, and we're coming right back to Vegas. And we're going to have good fun with you. Take you up to Scott Farrell at 4 Eastern on the network. Bringing you expert sports gaming. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. When you need to know something, you trust someone who's been right on the money before. That's where we come in. That's what we do. But we just call it the winning edge to save time. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. Glad to be back with the Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Here, Sirius 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. AM 1400 KSHP in Las Vegas. Sincere thanks to Jay Konegay, our dear friend here. Saw Ray behind the counter today. Rosemary Ray, Jeff Sherman, Ed Sammons. I mean, they got a great team here. And this sports book, every time I come in here, it's as good as it gets, man. I mean, you can see everything that's going on all around this cavernous joint. These uh, massive screens are absolutely awesome. Andrew, Andy Esco's here. The logical approach. One last thing. This will be my. This will be my. Now uh, I was gonna say, Vinny gave me a gift. I'll say this is my gift. I'll just. I won't say it that way. I'll say my play Monday night. My best bet of the weekend. If you know what that, it is. It, well, I'm guessing it's a prop. Yep, it absolutely is a prop. If that weather forecast is what it's saying it's going to be, just of, in a general regular, Bills game. They put Allen's rushing prop up at about 34 and a half, 35 and a half. All right? If that weather forecast is what they claim it to be, I will guarantee there will be probably four or five designed runs, plays that are called as running plays for Allen on top of his scrambling. And with the wind, he's got the arm. And, you know, I mean, that's why they drafted him. He's got the arm to contend and compete in those conditions. In those conditions. And it's time he learns that. And that this is a, and you embrace it. Kelly and the Bills, those runs back, they embraced the bad weather. It was, you know, they made it to Super Bowls because they won at home. And, but I would say that, that that would be my best bet of that game on Monday night would be Josh Allen's rushing yards. Over. I, I would what? say generally it's in the mid 30s. You know, I mean, but I, I honestly, I could see him getting 60, 70 yards rushing. On Monday night, I mean, there will be designed running plays in addition to scrambling. And the thing is, if the field's slippery, right? If he breaks containment, you get all in one play. And you, he, I'm telling you, you start running downhill, you know where you're going. The defenders don't know, you know where you're going, and the slip slide and stuff. Uh, no, I, that would be to me, I think, a, I think a pretty safe play to be honest with you. So let's root for the really bad weather. Oh. Of course, New England. Can play in that weather. They as play well, in crummy weather too, but not quite like the weather. The combination of conditions in Buffalo is a little bit more severe. But I don't know that that the Bills have learned to embrace that yet. This group, you know what I mean? And they haven't had those opportunities. I mean, they've yeah, they've been in the playoffs. They had the one game against Baltimore. They had the home playoff game against Baltimore. That was a crummy weather game, and Lamar Jackson really struggled in that game. You know, you got to get it to the point where you thrive in those conditions in addition to the other teams struggling. So you're hoping that Monday night is the preview of what uh, 
Villiers oh, yeah. to Buffalo will face in January. Well, I'd love that to be the case. But, I mean, listen, you know Belichick. Oh, by the way, this guy, he's up to something. He's up to no good. You know him with his press conferences. What, what now? He says next to nothing, right? He went on this five-minute praise fest of Josh Allen. Oh, Allen, what he's turned into is tremendous. His development in the last three years, all these great things. In the meantime, he's got like, he's got all these things and trap doors, and he's got kinda all like, these things. You know, he's, he's he's building the kid up to ruin his day. Kind of like a Lou Holtz press conference. Yeah. No way we can beat Michigan. No way we can beat us. They just have too much talent, and we're sitting there deciding what we're. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's Bill Belichick. Scrooges. Maybe he just really likes the guy. I don't know. I mean. It's, I watched the one, was it the draft, when he was in, in the kitchen with his dog? With his dog. Yeah, I got news to you, the dog looked scared. <laughs> <laughs> the, the dog was looking, he's like, well, hoping he'd build one of those, you know, doggy doors. You want the update on Kyle Lofton, Brian? It's not good. Oh, brother. Go ahead. Hi, you, you, hi. You, you, you were the one that gave me the Trey White news. Yeah. What's this? Okay, so multiple weeks. It's a high ankle sprain. They, uh, yeah. My buddy called me. He said they, they literally kind of half carried him off the court. They're thinking four to six right oh. now. Yeah. And, and Andy, uh, Turgeon and Marilyn mutually parted ways, but i got to believe there's a backstory there. It's just not out yet. Yeah, it certainly sounds like because the timing is very uh, you know, questionable unless there's a major NCAA investigation that's about to be announced or something along those lines. Or it could be health-related. I hope it's not that the case. But it, it, otherwise, it just doesn't seem – it seems to just come out of nowhere. Andy, the Michigan game with Iowa, you know, we've been doing this and you've been doing it even a lot longer than me. I mean, you look at this thing. They're laying 11, and they're, they're they're getting bet on. I mean, because it had been, it was 10 and a half, then it was 10. We're looking at a consensus of 11 now. And I know Michigan's a scoring team. I think Iowa's offense actually has been scoring a bit of late. And I'm wondering here if that 43 and a half might be on the low side. But just generally speaking, when we talk about letdown spots, and but I know... I know they know the prize and what's at stake to get a win. Still doesn't mean they have but to if, win by double digits. To no, get that I know, win. I know, but I mean, I guess my point is, if if we've ever talked and really, if you're a believer in said letdown theories, is this not the biggest letdown maybe in the last five years in college football? I mean, it's well, I, and, and Iowa's defense can frustrate the heck out of it. Well, then they've been very good in the first half of games. Iowa's defense, so maybe you're looking at a first half play on Iowa. You might even be considering a full game play on Iowa because you know these Michigan uh, athletes, student athletes, have been told how weak, how great it is. You know, they go to Ann Arbor. Their one goal, not to win a national championship, yeah. to beat to beat Ohio State, and they finally did. And they had to be. You know, not necessarily they were celebrating all week, but all the people that they came in contact. Hey, you guys finally did it. Thank you. Blah 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 blah. And it's only natural to have a little bit of of a letdown. Uh, they're going up though against an Iowa team that I don't think can trade points with Michigan. So Iowa's best chance in this game is to slow it down, uh, which they're capable of doing. And uh, see, see, I, I can't play this one over, but I also don't want to play it under because there is the chance that Iowa's just overmatched. Stevie. I'll give you the the analogy, and you tell me. You're a Red Sox fan. I'm a Yankees fan. And to me, at the beginning of every year, from a Yankee perspective, 
It's not win the World Series. It's make sure the Red Sox don't win the World Series, then win the World Series. The the, the first order of, and I got to believe Ohio State, Michigan's the same thing. Oh yeah, oh absolutely. I mean, why why was it such a big deal that you know Harbaugh had lost all those games before this year? And, uh, absolutely, that that's your that's your biggest game of the season for either one of those clubs. Forget you know a national championship or winning a bowl game. You've got to beat either Ohio State or Michigan. Well, not only that, uh, I'll, I'll disagree a little bit. I think the Yankees' number one goal is still win the World Series. Number two goal is make sure Boston doesn't. Well, okay. Let me, but, let, but I do agree let, with the Ohio State. Let me, let me State put the addendum, addendum on. My number one goal is that the Yankees deprive them from beating the Red Sox, then win the World well, Series. They haven't done a I very mean, good they, job they, of that. There's this, 27 uh, of them. I mean, you know, play that card. Well, they've been on 27 <laughs> for over a decade. It's been a while, hasn't it? I think uh, the teens were the first decade since the 19-teens, I believe, that the Yankees did not win a World Series. Oh, what do you make of the the baseball lockout stuff? And the- Unfortunate, but not unexpected. I think they'll get it resolved probably uh, sometime in January. By doing it right the way they did it right now, it, it puts the onus on to really get, let's go with the negotiating process. And, and, and not lose games. A significant number of the free agents uh, were expecting to be signed, were expected and expecting themselves to sign before the lockout. They were almost uh, certain that the lockout would occur, and same thing with trades that were being made. So I don't know how much activity we'll say we'll see once uh, the the situation is settled, but. My guess is it'll be settled before spring training. There's there's too much money involved on uh, for both sides for them to just walk away from it, even if it means a you know a short work stoppage or situation like this have it occurred during the off season. But when you make it the uh, Pac-12 game, we got Oregon and Utah tonight, and that number is at three. Utah's favored. Total's 57 and a half. Oregon was banged up when they played, but I mean Oregon. I mean, I, I mean, Utah lit them up. But yeah, that, and it was just two weeks ago. Well, I guess that's my point. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's not as though this, that right. massacre took place uh, in, in September and you can forget about it. This, you know, What's changed in the last two weeks other than the site of the game? Let's see, oh, no, I'm with you. I'm, I'm of the mindset that what really has changed other than, you know, you've got revenge. And you teams, got some players back that you didn't have. But is, is that going to overcome a 31-point uh, deficit uh, that they show? I mean, Utah was clearly the better team. There is some speculation that uh, uh, Whittingham will uh, uh, will retire following uh, this season if indeed it results in an appearance in the Rose Bowl, and that's pretty much what is at stake tonight. Uh, Oregon's, uh, you know, look, when Oregon plays their best, they go into Ohio State and beat the Buckeyes on, uh, you know, on uh, on Ohio State's home field. So we know how good Oregon can be at their best. Utah's been very steady uh, over the last five or six years. They've actually, you know, em- embraced their move into the uh, Pac-12, which I guess about a decade or so ago now. Uh, their ability to uh, to run the football, they're physical. They made a positive coaching change. Uh, yeah, I. You know, you, 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 same-season revenge is not that strong of a factor in championship games. I don't know what the numbers are when you're talking about embarrassing revenge because that's what this is for, for Oregon. Uh, Utah is very well coached. Um, they've recruited very, very well. And, of course, a lot of the uh, athletes at, uh, at Utah uh, are a little bit older than a lot of the, the, the uh, 
typical college kid. So uh, that, uh, of course, they've always been the case, and Utah hasn't always been at this level. But uh, you know, Utah has Utah can come from behind if they need to. Of course, so can Oregon. But uh, it should be an entertaining game. Not sure about the total in this one. My first thought was to look over in uh, in this in this game because you know it's going to be ideal conditions here at the Legion. Speaking of over, Western Kentucky. Texas San Antonio tonight, Andy. That total 72 and a half. That game might go over by halftime. And I mean if it, it resembles the first time they played, what was it, 52-46? I'm, you know, weather's not a thing. <laughs> I don't know. Could get a truckload of points there. This this one's down at uh, San Antonio's home field. Alamo Dome. And and you you also mentioned before the letdown factor. San Antonio, they were sort of fatiguing down the stretch. They were they had a perfect season on the line last week. North Texas drilled them. It's a little bit different, I think, in this situation because they're playing for a conference champion. Championship. I think they knew from the very beginning that uh, even if they went unbeaten, they weren't going to make the college football uh, playoff much like you know, unlike a Cincinnati, which has built up over the last few years to be in a position where they could be considered a legitimate contender if they had the kind of season that they've had the, thus far entering tomorrow's game against Houston. I think San Antonio probably came into the season with their expectation or their goal at least being let's win the Conference USA Championship. Well, they have that chance tonight. So, yeah, the loss last week to North Texas stung. It also maybe opened their eyes a little bit because they had been sort of playing down a little bit the previous few weeks, uh, making them a home dog, albeit uh, understand Western Kentucky. San Antonio's been a pretty solid team all year. I, I, I've taken the three and a half in this one. He's Andy Isco, Vegas Andy 711 on social media. Follow Stevie on Twitter at Stevie Slapshot. Everybody's got a cool little hook to their thing. Little old me at Brian Blessing. Just I'm not that creative, but appreciate the follow and let you know all the cool things that we're doing. We have another hour from the Super Bowl. We're not done with hour number one. Come back. We'll update some injuries. Look ahead to tonight and the weekend. It's great fun coming to the Super Bowl. And we're back to Vegas in a moment. You're listening to Sports SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Is the SportsGrid Radio Network. All right, wrapping up hour number one of Vegas Sportsbook Radio from the Superbook at the Westgate. you got to throw this one out there. This is nuts. During the commercial, just, you know, perusing around. And I saw this, guys. Is this for real? Hawaii. The big island of Hawaii. If you're over there listening, duck. They're under a blizzard warning. A foot of snow is possible. It's a weird Kona wind thing. But they're saying that the wind speeds are going to be like in the neighborhood of 100 miles an hour and a foot of snow in Hawaii. Uh, what's So if you've been planning your vacation for uh, this weekend in Hawaii for like two years and you were planning on surfing, now you may need to uh, well, rent no. some skis. 100-mile-an-hour winds, though. Surf's up, boys. Oh, oh yeah. 
I mean, I don't know how well you surf in a parka. <laughs> well, you surf or in two. We have, what are the waves going to be over there? Like, the, you know, it's be nuts. There yeah, will you're be right. some people we won't see again. The Stevie, that'd be one of those where the guy, the surfer, gets right to the top of the wave and it just like shoots him to the, to the beach. He could ride it to L.A. <laughs> I wonder what the longest. You know, like the longest, actually, you're on a board or something like that. Yeah, I mean, literally, you get on one of those. What you're would they call that, a wave toss? Going for like 10 minutes. 100 miles an hour, the winds, and but the snow. Snow in Hawaii? Nah. Uh, don't, well, they're not playing football there this weekend, I believe. Yeah, wins the Hawaii Bowl. <laughs> we better do. By the way, the bowl games will be announced on Sunday after the Final Four. That'll be nuts. Next week's going to be a big week. On Sportsbook Radio, we'll start doing the deep dive on all the bowl games. By the way, this weekend we have special editions, our weekend edition, college football, NFL shows with Kenny White and Mark Lawrence. Uh, get you ready for championship week and the NFL. And did a Light the Lamp podcast with Cam Stewart. So we got all kinds of content up for you on the Sports Grid platforms. Cam, always worth a chuckle or two. We got another hour worth of fun work to do, and that's what we'll do when we come back to Vegas at the Superbook. It's so complicated. Just a few years ago, you only worried about what.